0: Hi everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Alicia, and this is Camp Final. Hey
1: everyone.
0: Welcome back to another week of Camp Final Girls. Welcome. Podcast. It is time. It is. This has been an exhausting week for me and I'm surprised that, um, well I mean it's been a pretty busy week for you too because you traveled so.
1: Mm-hmm. And How was that? It was good but it just was too short. But, I
0: felt like oh. I like, <laughs> but but what did you guys do? You didn't even tell me anything about your trip. I went for
1: a birthday party. A <laughs> little one's birthday. You just went. Hi, birthday party. Bye. Pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got. There did you record Friday. while you were out there? No, we didn't get a chance. Because I, I got there Friday night, and at it was what time like at like ten or ten thirty or something. P. M. Yeah. And then, and then we had the party all Saturday. All day? All day. There was what people was there. It? Barbie. Oh,
0: uh, Barbie.
1: Yeah. That's such a 90s theme. Mm-hmm. It was cute. It was really cute. And then I left early in the morning. Dang. So I was like barely even there. I was so bummed I wanted to stay longer. So I didn't even get a chance to really enjoy my little vacation.
0: Dang. It, I just Oh, never mind. I was going to say you have President's Day off, so that would have been the perfect time for you to come out here. But I don't have
1: President's Day off, so. Well, even then, I just, it was too expensive. To be one extra day? No, to get it so last minute.
0: Mm, But you didn't even pay for it.
1: (laughs) Now my parents wouldn't have paid that much.
0: Oh. (laughs) No, we love you, but not that much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh well, that's crazy. I mean, I went through a lot this week. I started a new job. I finished unpacking in my apartment, and then today, drum roll, <laughs> a
1: new puppy! Yay! He's so cute. Or she? She. Excuse you. I know. I'm so used to it. Like saying he, because I have a boy cat now, and even but you also I have, have two
0: girl cats. I
1: know. I don't know why Rude. he
0: yeah she's a girl and her name is charlie which i guess is also confusing i don't know but it's with a ie so that's like uh, the girl version you know
1: and then ie yeah charlie instead of a y isn't wouldn't the y be for the girl i don't know
0: what you're talking about (laughs) 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 here we (laughs) are
1: you know you're Just, wrong
0: no great now I have to look it up because if I'm misgender naming my jo- dog uh some some problems are gonna
1: happen yeah I eat a boy <laughs> dog or a boy dog a boy boy Charlie Charlie <laughs> spelling oh geez that's so funny you're so crazy <sighs> So I had inventory all week. I was so busy. I was so you were. tired. Oh, you're right. But I like IE better. I mean, it says you could do, use
0: them either way. Yeah, but, it doesn't matter. But IE is more popular with, wait, Charlie was the 187th, 85th most popular name for girls. While it was the 227th most popular name for boys mm. in some year. Ahead.
1: Well, it doesn't really matter. You can spell it however you want. Well, it's too late. I already got the name tag. Oh well, then, yeah, there and you Penelope,
0: go. like helped me name her, and she kept saying, "Wait, what's her name again?" I'm like, <laughs> Girl, my mom wanted me to name her Daisy really bad, and I was like, "I just don't like that name at all." Would that annoy you? Be like, "Come
1: here, Daisy."
0: <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it just doesn't sound like a cute name, and I don't know. Charlie, like, it's hasn't like fully sunk into me yet either. You know, sometimes like mm-hmm. you have to let the name like attach itself to the thing first and you're like okay yeah that is a charlie or
1: oh no we named our boy cat right away he was so bad mischievous and i'm like well yeah and plus like 90 percent of the population
0: names their animal loki i know like 17 loki's
1: well i don't really Uh Uh i know like
0: i have at least two friends that's cats and then i know one boy or one dog that's named Loki oh well I I mean it is a good name I was I wanted to do something Greek so I was thinking like um I was thinking Daphne or Ophelia or something but my mom was like
1: no those names are too hard or something well not Daphne that would have been easy to say
0: that's what I thought too but no Maddie didn't like it and I was like well
1: it's it's your dog not theirs (laughs) I
0: know
1: (laughs) but her name's Charlie I guess (laughs)
0: that's my story Um, I'm also exhausted because since I was so determined to unpack this week and a lot of people including you were like just relax and take your time I can't take my time unpacking because I can't live in clutter I can't like sit there on my couch while I'm staring at a pile of boxes I just can't (laughs) do it when I'm like sitting there like I should be unpacking those or whatever plus I just feel so like now I can relax, but I also need to get back in the gym because this body has got way too much jelly right now (laughs) and I need to trim the fat. So, uh, and then cook, I want to start cooking. We haven't, we, the, tonight was the first time we sat down and had dinner together in my apartment because, um, I was unpacking all week and Mm. it was nice. And I want to be able to do that every night with my child. So down and have dinner with her and like, you know, I just felt like that that's a good thing to do with your kids is I can ask her about her day. Like I remember both my mom and my dad at both houses because they were divorced when I was really young. Uh, we would do that every night and I loved it. So I want to do that with my child.
1: Well, that's good.
0: Yeah. I think it just creates like structure and it makes you feel like you can talk about your day or whatever even though she never I always ask her what did you learn at school today or like today I went to church with my mom and I was like what'd you learn at church and they gave them like little inflatable swords Mm
1: -hmm. she had
0: no clue why or what she was
1: learning oh geez I was like
0: I don't know if she has if she's just a six-year-old little kid or if she really doesn't remember I don't know
1: she maybe she just doesn't pay attention because she's having too much fun
0: that's probably it for sure because I know she's probably super mischievous in her
1: class (laughs)
0: wouldn't surprise me Uh, but so I did the notes for this case last night and like I was telling you earlier today it's a very heavy case it's very sad and I'm going to do um, just a huge trigger warning at the beginning of this episode that it does involve a child Mm. so it's it's really sad but I just felt like I When last week while I was unpacking and I was thinking, like, oh shoot, it's my week to record. I need to think of a case. For some reason, this case just like popped up in my head right away. Because I had heard it, heard it like a while ago when I first started listening to podcasts and it really resonated with me because it's such a crazy, like it's one of those cases where it's like, why, why did it happen? It doesn't even make any sense. And like still to this day, people don't know like why why did this happen? It's just it's Mm -hmm. a crazy case and it's really sad and I was got so heavy last night when I was doing the notes that I had to stop because not only was it becoming like emotionally draining, I was exhausted. And then also it was starting to scare me. I was all staring off into the distance while listening. I would listen to a podcast for this um, morbid, which they're one of my mm-hmm. favorites, but they covered it really well. And I was staring off into the distance, just listening to them describe stuff. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. It was scaring me a little bit too, because I have a child and it just, I was picturing my child in this situation. It was really sad. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see if you've heard of it. It's a nineties case, but I I felt like it was, (laughs) yeah, you were like 25 back then. So probably. I was not. (laughs) Could (laughs) have, could have fooled me.
1: Just kidding. You don't look a
0: day over 12. (laughs) supposedly because you're so short. Yeah. But <laughs> so this is I the have case. Good skin. Mm, just, <laughs> just kidding you
1: do. Okay,
0: go <laughs> so this is the case of eight-year-old Maddie Clifton. Have you mm. heard of it? Maybe as I maybe as I talk about it more, you'll I feel like <laughs> there's
1: one part of it that's really distinguishable where I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of cases so maybe not okay well I guess we'll see what happens uh, I mean that's true
0: <laughs> and not as much as me because I like yeah. binge this kind of stuff Yes. okay so on November 3rd of 1998 eight-year-old Maddie Clifton went outside after school to go play with friends she lived in fleet on Fleetwood Road in Jacksonville Florida and after she got home from school, she practiced the piano for a little while. And around 5 o'clock p.m., she went down the street to play golf with her neighbor named Larry. Um, after. Oh, OK. And the thing about Larry, too, is Larry is a 45-year-old man. So just keep that in mind, too.
1: Is he in a band? No. Oh.
0: Was he in a band? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> so, that, so after a little while of playing, she came back home um asking her mom for more golf balls because they had used them all basically she went down to larry's house and there was like a strip of land between his house and the house next door where they were just hitting
1: golf balls into did her parents know that she was playing with him what yes so what's wrong with them i
0: thought this was weird too but i picture me in the 90s and early 2000s and my parents would be like i'd be like Okay, I'm gonna go um, outside and play. And I'd be gone for hours, and my parents had no clue what was happening. Uh-huh. And she lived in a cul-de-sac street where mm-hmm. all the neighbors knew each other. And Larry was the type of guy where he'd just be outside doing stuff, and all the kids would be like, Larry, let's do this, or like toss a baseball back and forth. And mm. um I mean, I I would not be okay with my child. Did he have
1: any kids? kids? No, he didn't. Oh no. He was just a single uh-huh. man, and
0: I'll talk a little bit more about Larry later, but um very suspicious (laughs) for sure because I would not let my child no
1: heck no but I think
0: also too it was in a part of the neighborhood where like everybody could see them you know like it's not like they were in his backyard or anything they were literally right on the street Mm -hmm. but still suspicious but um yeah so when Maddie went home and asked her mom for more golf balls and she left this was the last time her mother would see her alive again um At 620, her mother, Sheila Clifton, called for Maddie, like out the door, and her older sister, Jessica, to come in for dinner. Now, just a little side note, I think it's interesting because I have a sister named Maddie and a sister named Jessica. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a weird coincidence, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Jella, <laughs> Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> was 11 at the time. And um, when their mom called them to come in for for dinner, Jessica came in immediately. But man, Maddie doesn't come. And Jessica says, I don't know when I was out there playing. I didn't even see her out there. Hmm. So her mother goes to door to door to all the neighbors to ask if they had seen her. At, but none of the neighbors had. Um, so she panicked and she was literally like standing on her lawn just screaming Maddie's name and I don't know like because I grew up in the 90s I mean at this point I would have been five so maybe not not with my mom specifically but at Mm -hmm. my dad's house we would we would go outside and play and at my dad's house my stepmom literally did that cliche thing of like Flashing the porch lights to be like, come home, it's dinner time Mm -hmm. or whatever. And usually we'd be close enough that we could see, or she would, she would like go out the front door and be like, Jessica
1: Madison, Jessica, get home now.
0: And we'd (laughs) hear it all the way down the street. So it's just crazy to me how much the world has changed because I wouldn't even allow my child, if I lived on the first floor, which I don't, which is good, but if I lived on the first floor, I wouldn't even let her out on the patio without me watching Mm
1: -hmm. her. Like there's
0: no way. And, um, but that, that was the world they lived in. So um, she went out and she was screaming for her, but she couldn't find her. And as time went on, as the neighbors started to hear, because she was going door to door and knocking and asking mm-hmm. where they were, the entire neighborhood ended up joining in the search for Maddie. Um, they all knew each other because they lived in that sh- small cul-de-sac. So mm-hmm. immediately everyone became concerned. They all knew who knew who Maddie was
1: and they were freaking out because she still wasn't home. So didn't she go straight to his house cuz didn't she know that she was playing over there? So you'll see what happened. Oh. <laughs> but that's what they thought, of course. Um by
0: 6:33 p.m., Sheila called 911 um to report her child is missing. One of the neighborhood kids, his name was Joshua Phillips, went by Josh. He was a 14-year-old boy um, who also was a part of the search and he played with Maddie a lot too. So he wanted to join the search right away. Mm -hmm. Um, He played with Maddie often despite their age difference because she was only eight and he was 14. Um, So keep that in mind too. Mm -hmm. Everyone, adults, children, the entire neighborhood went out to search for her. Um, The next day, the sheriff's department went door to door asking people for more information where they were that night and if they had seen Maddie, but they gathered no information at all. All of their neighbors had alibis that checked out and nobody saw her that night at all. With like, I think it's weird. They didn't even see her go down when she went to play with Larry. Yeah. With the the golf balls. Uh Kind of weird.
1: And if it's such a busy cul-de-sac, you would think someone saw something.
0: Right. Which is a weird part of this case to me, especially because it's a cul-de-sac and usually like you scream on one end of a cul-de-sac, you're going to hear it on the other, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Weird. Um, so Larry Grisham was this neighbor. He was 45 years old that lived on the street. And obviously, since that was the last person who potentially had seen Maddie alive, he became a suspect for the police right away. He was a very friendly neighbor and tended to spend time playing with a lot of the kids. Not only was this strange, but he also had an upwards of 29 charges to his mate.
1: Holy crap. <laughs>
0: These included things such as auto theft and DUIs, so like little things, but still pretty mm-hmm. bad. And but he also did have two charges on his name of sexual battery. Oh, wow! But both of these charges had been dropped and they didn't involve children. Oh, okay. So just a side note, Larry said that around uh, 5.15 p.m., him and Maddie were using the strip land between his um, house and the next house next door to hit the golf balls. He said that when she went to go get more golf balls from home, that was the last time that he saw her that night. And he figured that since it was so late that her parents had probably just told her no, you can't go back and play with him anymore. It's, it's mm-hmm. late. You need to stay home. It's dinner time anyway.
1: So basically so- she disappeared in between the time that she went to go get more balls and on her way over there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So,
0: um, the police still thought he could possibly be a suspect though. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, he yeah. could be lying.
1: Uh-huh. So they
0: took him in for questioning and he did un- end up failing two polygraphs that they gave him. They ended up searching Larry's house nine times, trying to find any evidence or information that they could, that he had something to do with Maddie's disappearance. And they questioned him up to 20 times and they came up with nothing. His alibi alibi was airtight and he immediately offered them DNA samples. He's like, I didn't do this. Like here, take my DNA. Like it's mm-hmm. not an issue. Which I mean, usually you don't do that if you're guilty. But I mean, think about the Ken and Barbie killers. Like, yeah, did, did that right away too. Mm-hmm. Maybe to get them off his trail.
1: The thing about um, polygraphs, though, I feel like, what if you're innocent and then you fail because you're so like Well, nervous. polygraphs
0: aren't even admissible in court. They're, yeah, you can't use them because. I mean, you're you're a little girl in your neighborhood's missing and the police are questioning you if you had to do something. Of course, you're going to be nervous.
1: Especially since he was playing with her, you know, prior. Yeah,
0: that sounds suspicious. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody that hears that is going to be like, oh, that's normal. Like, it's not. Yeah,
1: oh, he did nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. So
0: the police were so confused and the family was terrified. They just wanted to find their daughter. So they ended up posting police at the house and in the neighborhood, in case someone possibly came to get Jessica as well. Because they thought, well, if somebody took Maddie, what's going to stop them from taking her sister, too? Mm-hmm. How old um, is Jessica? 11. Oh, okay. So they went and took cadaver dogs to house to house. They went through the entire neighborhood searching for Maddie. The US Army Reserves even w- were um, deployed and went to search places such as manholes and rivers and stuff nearby. Mm-hmm the whole neighborhood wore and posted yellow ribbons in honor of and remembrance of um, Maddie. Cause I think yellow means missing. So mm. they were posting those around and there were hundreds of people searching for her. And it was such a massive search that like it became local like phenomenon, like the local football team, like one game, they like were all wearing the ribbons and they spoke about her. Like everybody was searching for this little girl
1: um was that a small community yeah I
0: mean especially like their neighborhood and their their area around them it was pretty small Mm -hmm. and like I said they lived in an area where just everybody knew about it and it was a little girl that was missing and it just it spread really fast Mm -hmm. so Sheila and Steve Clifton which were her parents went on media begging for her back they were offering an award of up to a hundred thousand dollars which is Pretty high for missing persons, and back um, then, yeah, and back then with inflation, I'm sure is a lot more now. Um, t-shirts and billboards went up with her face on it. There were like I think five billboards in town with her face on it, which billboards are not cheap to rent either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, her parents even went on Good Morning America to spread the awareness. Right as they were wrapping on the segment of Good Morning America, Maddie was found. So seven days after Maddie went missing, Melissa. Missy for short, Phillips, who was Joshua Phillips' mother, was getting ready for work. It was just after 7 a.m. And she had a while before she needed to go into work. So she decided to help Josh since she had been asking him for days to clean up his room because he was a teenage boy and it was messy in there. Mm -hmm. She said that she had been nagging him and nagging him. And she was just getting so sick and tired of telling him. And there was a horrible smell coming from his room. Oh, don't tell me she was found in there. Girl, just wait. Oh no. So the police had been at their house on Monday, you know, like they were going house to house looking for mm-hmm. Maddie and they asked her. They were they could smell it then. They're like, mm-hmm. what is that sh- weird smell coming from? Your wouldn't hospice? you
1: think they would know what that smell is, you know? Well, so they had a lot of
0: animals. Like Josh himself, he had three birds in his room.
1: Like yeah, but had- that that wouldn't smell like that.
0: Right, but mm-hmm. I think like she, that's what she I, like. She's like, "Oh, sorry, our house always smells weird. There's a whole bunch of animals in here." And when she so she grabbed a trash bag and went into his room because she's like, "I'm just gonna at least pick up stuff that could be thrown away." Mm-hmm. So she started gathering things, and she said things, and she said at first she didn't think too much of the smell because, like I said, he had three birds in his room, mm-hmm. and he was a 14-year-old dirty boy. I don't, I don't know. You have two teenagers. <laughs> I'm sure you know how stinky they can be like yeah. their body odor alone. Cause they're going through like the hormones mm-hmm. of like their shoes. Oh, one of my brothers growing up, man, his shoes and his feet could kill somebody. Like it was a bad, wow. so I mean, like, it smelled like a sour smell, you know, like mm-hmm. almost like rotten milk or something. Yeah. Pretty nasty. Um, but she said that this time the smell was just worse so she thought maybe he had left food somewhere and it was rotting or something so she started to pick up and she noticed that there was a damp spot on the floor by the corner of his bed and his bed was a water bed so she oh, was like oh no maybe his water bed is like leaking again cuz water water beds thank god they're not a thing anymore cuz i know
1: we I, we I think i think we had one like you yourself no like my parents i think mm. Or somebody I knew had it. My parents did. My dad and
0: my stepmom. And I remember I would sit on it. And I would always have, like, these weird visions of there being fish in it. And (laughs) I would have just watched Jaws or something. I was so scared a shark was going to get near. I don't know. It was weird. (laughs) I was kid. But, like I said, so she figured that the waterbed was possibly leaking. And she thought maybe Mm -hmm. the smell could have been, like, mold Mm -hmm. or mildew. Yeah. Yeah, Because, like, Mm -hmm. who... Such a horrible idea for a bed, and it's not, not even that, comfortable. Sure
1: yeah, and it's like
0: it, like you're laying on water. you yeah, like
1: constantly moving. Slushing.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. and it's like made of rubber. Uh-huh. Weird. So she looked into his bed to try to find the leak, like underneath, mm-hmm. and she noticed that that there was a black tape in the corner holding the bed frame together, and so she. And she saw something that looked like a sock. So she's like, "What? How did he get his sock in there? And why? Like, did he tape this because he's like stopping a leak or something?" Mm -hmm. So when she tried to pull on the sock, she realized that it wouldn't come free, um, and she got confused as why, like, why wouldn't the sock just come out? Like it was Mm -hmm. like stuck on something. So she decided to peel back the tape to see how he could have gotten a sock back there and possibly where that leak was coming from. And Mm -hmm. when she peeled the tape off, it cracked open in the corner panel came off the bed. And so she said she tried to look under there, but I I mean, water beds are pretty big pieces of furniture because they're Mm -hmm. supporting all that weight and stuff, you know? Yeah. And so she was trying to look in there and she couldn't see anything. It was really dark. So she went to go grab a, a flashlight to get a better look. Um, when she looks inside she sees something horrific shocked and horrified she knew exactly what she was looking at the missing little girl from across the street oh my gosh so missy immediately calls her husband and gets his voicemail and she why
1: wouldn't she call the police right away so you'll see why you'll see why
0: so she's just like, I mean, first of all, imagine going into your son's room. No, I and couldn't and looking under his bed and finding a little girl.
1: No, I couldn't. That's just like crazy. shock. You know, like that would be horrible. I I can't even say how I would react, to be honest, because that's just like my own child doing that. I I don't even know.
0: I feel like I would pass the fuck out. Like, I'd probably vomit it. for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, I yeah. So she calls her husband. He doesn't answer. She gets his voicemail and she just says, call me as soon as you get this. Like something really horrible is happening at home. And then she hangs up and then um, she knew, like I said, there were police in the neighborhood surveillancing it. Like they literally had cop cars posted up in the neighborhood. So she decides instead of calling the police, like she's just going to go run and tell the nearest cop car that she knew was outside and she said that, um, as she walked to the patrol car, she looked across the street at the Clifton house and thought right now, those poor people have hope that their daughter's still alive. And in a few minutes, they're going to know that she's not
1: Oh man. like
0: she, she said, like it just washed through her entire body walking across the street, staring at their house. Um, officer Donald, uh, Tutton was sitting in his car when he saw her run out of her house and up to his vehicle crying. She was like a mess. Like she should be Uh, Mm -hmm. like, I can't, can't imagine. Um, he gets out of his car and hysterically, she's trying to tell him like, you need to come to my house. You need to come see what I found. And, but she couldn't, she couldn't get out what she found. Like she Mm -hmm. was in such shock. And Mm so, um, she just she told him to come to his house to her house um, and he called two other detectives as back backups because I think he kind of knew like she must have found something really yeah. horrible mm-hmm. for her to be reacting like this. So when they went when the two detectives came as backup, the three of them went into the house and she she couldn't even go back into the house or into the room. She just pointed and told them where to go. And the three detectives um, went without her, and they said right when they walked into the room, they could smell the rot and decay, and they knew exactly what it was right away. Because, oh, I mean, they're police, so they know what that smell is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've never smelt a dead body, like, besides at a funeral, which that's mostly, like, formaldehyde. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so to be honest, I don't know. If I smelled that, I mean, I've smelled a dead animal and stuff, you know, but your mind probably right away, especially coming from your son's room, doesn't go immediately to
1: yeah, your body. You know, exactly. it's like body,
0: me or whatever.
1: Yeah. Old food.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Cause I, that could smell really bad too. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom of the waterbed was open and immediately they could see two tiny feet in white socks. Missy started screaming and crying um, they took her into the hallway, like out into like, cause she didn't go in the room, but she was right outside and she was just like screaming. Cause it's like, I think that she saw it and she was in shock, went outside and told somebody like, come see what this is. And then when they saw it, it like confirmed it for her. Yeah. That's what you saw. Um, so she explained to them what happened in detail, like how she found the body mm-hmm. and they asked her, where's your son? And she said, he's um, on his way to school right now. He's on the school bus. Um, John's father, Steve got the voicemail, but didn't know what was happening and he couldn't get a hold of her because she obviously wasn't answering the phone. Mm -hmm. And so he headed home right away. And when he came back to his house, the police were everywhere and he had no idea what was happening. Um, At the same time, the police headed across, uh, Uh, across the street to the Clifton house because they needed to inform them that their daughter was found um when Sheila and Steve Clifton answered the door they knew that it couldn't be anything good they sat them down and let them know that Maddie was found um her father's first question was where did you find her and they said across the street So imagine your daughter was missing for seven days, and the entire neighborhood Mm -hmm. community—they're all looking for her—and this whole time she was just across the street.
1: Yeah,
0: like that would be horrible, especially as her father, because like Uh your father is your protector, you know.
1: Yeah, that's so devastating.
0: Horrible. Um. So let's get into a little bit information about Josh himself. Mm -hmm. Josh Earl Patrick Phyllis. What Phil, Phil, yeah, Phyllis was born on March 17th, 1984.
1: Okay, he had two. Where I was born. <gasps> Alicia, you murderer. <laughs> um,
0: he had two older half brothers who were already moved out of the house. So he pretty much like grew up alone, like as an only child.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um He was always happy, talkative, a super friendly kid. They did move a lot, but he was always able to make friends easily. Um, He was into animals. He loved going to the museum and he was a cub scout. Like he seems like a really well-rounded kid. Um, According to Josh, his parents loved him and never abused him. Um, However, he did say that his father was an alcoholic and very temperamental. So sometimes his father would get drunk and like yell at him and stuff, but Mm -hmm. his parents never abused him. Um, He was normal, outgoing, and he was funny, like, sort of the class clown. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was a ninth grader at the time that this happened. So there was never really any signs that anything was wrong with him. Mm -hmm. He was just a, a normal kid. Like, he was outgoing and funny, and people liked him. He made friends easily, so it was just no signs of anything. Like, out of character, basically. Yeah, except... For a few things that happened when he was living across the street from Maddie and Jessica. Josh got in trouble with uh, Maddie's parents several times um, when it came to interacting with the girls. And at one point, he was no longer allowed into their home. About a month prior to Maddie's death, Josh was caught sneaking into their house and into Jessica's room. What like that nobody heck? was home and he snuck into her room. Mind He's, you
1: like obsessive.
0: Yes. He was obsessed with Jessica and mind you, he was 14 and she was 11.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Which is, it's weird, right? Yeah. That's weird. When you're 14, you're like a teenager. And when you're 11, you're still a little girl, you know? Yeah. So he was caught stealing a picture of Jessica out of a frame um, in her room. And it was a picture of her in her gymnastics leotard, like doing a backbend pretty much. Mm. Um, he was also caught discussing sex with the two girls and Florence oh Clifton, their grandmother heard about this and she told him he was not allowed to come in, around them anymore. And, and they said he's too old for you anyway. Like this mm-hmm. is just in an inappropriate really, like if my eight-year-old daughter was like wanting to play with a 14-year-old boy, it's like whole different, he's going yeah. through hormones and puberty. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. No inappropriate mm-hmm. um but over time like I mean he lived right across the street so especially Maddie she's just a little girl like little girls like playing with older kids that's just what they like to do so yeah, they they kind of became like lenient with it like they would let him go over or play with them a little bit but not as much as he used to and even mm-hmm. even Josh's parents were like yeah there's no reason for you to be playing with little girls and mm-hmm. they also thought it was inappropriate so I mean like I guess I don't I mean I don't I still don't know if that's motive or anything but it's just so weird. how
1: long did they live there before he started like playing with them or trying to just play for a them? few
0: years so like Josh moved a lot so I think that he had only been there for like maybe a year or so and but they I mean I don't when I was a kid we used to go out into the neighborhood and like especially boys hello like we would love interacting with them Mm -hmm. so like I just picture that like me if I was a little girl and not that he he was like super cute or anything but just an older boy lives across the street Mm -hmm. you know
1: yeah
0: um the police so that's one thing but the the biggest thing the weirdest thing about josh when they started investigating this and they were looking into his room um they found graphic porn uh pornographic images on his computer like super violent porn he was looking oh my gosh and some of the porn that he was looking at included child pornography oh my gosh which is weird because he is a child yeah Uh like that's weird to me I can't wrap my mind around like him wanting to watch children get violated but he is a child himself Uh it's like weird like some kind of reverse psychology or something
1: yeah so
0: um the image that he had stolen of Jessica when they were going through his room was found taped on his headboard so (laughs) I think it was like how did they Which, not see that i think it was like it didn't say where on his headboard it was located oh. so i think it was like maybe behind his pillows or something
1: oh okay. and maybe at
0: night he would like look at it or oh mm-hmm. that just gave me the chills thinking about that so creepy um and in his room that he had a lot of air fresheners in there he had febreze he had odor eaters he had um like j- those little like you know air fresheners mm-hmm. that you hang yeah he was trying to cover up the odor Yeah, and he had um, tape in there, a baseball bat, a Letterman knife, tennis shoes, stained in blood that were Madison's and um, uh, one of Maddie's missing persons flyers Um, and a deck. (laughs) This is funny because when I was listening to this on Morbid specifically, um, they were talking about the list of, like, evidence they collected from his room, and one of the things they mentioned was um, a deck of Magic the Gathering
1: cards. What? Just, what is I, that? You don't know what that is? No.
0: Okay, so my... I don't think he listens to it, so I think it's okay. My child's father is obsessed with this card game. It's called Magic the Gathering, and it's pretty much like Dungeons and Dragons means, like, Pokemon cards, pretty much. Oh. Like, like he was, my ex was so obsessed with it. I remember one time I was at his apartment and he had a stack of them on his table. And like, I accidentally knocked it over with my badonkana cause I got a big one. <laughs> I'm always knocking stuff over with that thing, but it, I knocked it over and he goes, that stack of cards is worth thousands of dollars. And I was like, what Why are you spending that much money on? Cards, but okay. But he like my ex would go to like competitions for it. Like it's Mm -hmm. a big, it's a big deal. So I think it's funny
1: that you've never heard of it. it. (laughs) But I also think it's weird
0: that they're like, guess what? He had this, 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 and this, and then he also had Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, I don't
1: think that's relevant. I don't
0: think so. Like, what if they like went through my room if something happened? And they're like, and she had like murder books. (laughs) yeah well cards against the humanity cards in her room (laughs) it's just yeah yeah, that's
1: kind of odd
0: it is i thought it was funny because when when morbid was talking about i was just laughing because i was like that's that would be my ex who would have a whole stack and he'd be like don't touch those those cost thousands of dollars Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) um And then they took a piece of carpet out of his room that was soaked in blood. They took clothes that they think he was wearing while he murdered her.
1: So he must have did it in his room, right? Because if they were searching for her, they must have not found blood anywhere. Like,
0: yeah, so so they found uh, they took bedsheets and a pair of Maddie's panties were in there. And on the ceiling fan, there was blood spray. Oh, my so clearly, yes, the crime did happen in his room.
1: Where so, was his mom or any adult around this time?
0: Like they were at work. What? That's why, yeah,
1: they left him alone.
0: Yeah, that didn't happen to you in the nineties. You weren't left no. at home alone
1: when you were I'm fourteen. You don't leave four, your kids at home alone at fourteen. I'm, no, not my my older ones. Older. Well, but Lily and Lucas are never home alone. They're yeah, never but not home alone. not all day
0: usually. Well, no, way. it wasn't all day. It's from when he gets home from school to so like oh, yeah, ish, and then until they get home at like five or six. I guess well, it's may- only a few hours, right? I, I mean, that's hard because different. But in the nineties, I guess oh, maybe yeah.
1: I trust my kids more. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but they trust their son a lot too. Not saying that your children are murderers,
0: but yeah. you never know. Like. They trusted their son too. Like he was a normal, he didn't get in trouble or anything at school. Like he was a good kid.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I, I need to install cameras in my house. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> I know I'm, if anybody wants to get me a housewarming gift, <laughs> I want to get a camera system for sure. I want to get one front door, back door, my, my sister's, my daughter's room and the living room. That's what I want. Yeah, get. Cause you like, never know. That's kind of scary exactly like not of course not like my six-year-old's gonna be home alone but like even if I'm like
1: well no because you never know in another room room would try to like come in
0: in the middle of the night I know I'm happy because I got my alarm system to work so
1: oh that's good yeah so when they took
0: Josh in um they picked him up at school they took him in and he confessed right away to exactly what happened Detective William Taylor was the te- detective that picked him up at school. They got him out and took him to the police station. They just started asking him questions, and his parents were present when he confessed. His and his dad encouraged them or encouraged him. He's like, "Son, you need to tell them exactly what happened." Mm-hmm. And um, so he said that day, Maddie had come over after school and asked if he could play. And he said, no, I have a lot of chores to do. Um, so like you were asking, like, oh, they just leave him home alone or whatever. So his parents were were kind of strict. I mean, they, like I said, he even he says himself that they weren't abusive, but they were sh- really strict. They'd be like, as soon as you get home, you need to do this chore list. And the mm-hmm. chore list was long. It was like 20 items long. Mm-hmm. So and I think it was so long so that they, it could keep him busy, busy until they got yeah. home. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't doing things he wasn't supposed to yeah um but he said that day he he didn't want to do his chores but he just told maddie because he didn't want to play with her she's a, a little girl he's like i have chores to do and then he closed the door and he's like i'm not gonna do chores and he went on his computer and looked at
1: porn mm.
0: um his crazy violent porn and then at around five fifteen, he logged off and said okay that's enough porn and decided to go do some of his chores. So he said, you know, you know how kids are like, yeah, my mom would be like, make sure you take the meat out before I get home to defrost. Mm-hmm. And then she'd call me when she's like, I'm on my way. And I'm like, shit, I forgot to take the yeah. meat out. Mm-hmm. You like pick up the house really quick or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he decided he was going to go do some of his chores really quick. He went out front and started breaking leaves in the yard. This was when Maddie had come by. It was after she had gone home, got more golf balls, and mm-hmm. she came by again and she saw him. So she asked him again, she's like, but you're outside. Can you please, can you just play? And he, Mm -hmm. she like, wouldn't stop asking. And so finally he said, sure, just come into the yard. We'll toss a baseball or we'll play baseball for a little bit, but it has to be really quick. Cause if my dad comes home and sees you here, he's going to get mad. Mm -hmm. And so they um, started pitching back and forth. Like he would throw a ball and she would hit it like back Mm -hmm. and forth. Um, He said that their yard was pretty small. So Mm -hmm. they were hitting it back and forth, but it was a small space. And he said that, I mean, I'm a boy, I'm competitive. So um, one time I pitched it at her and he hit her in the head, like really hard above her left Mm eye. And he said that there was a huge gash and she fell to the ground crying and it was bleeding profusely. And he panicked like he was like shit like I'm not even supposed to
1: have anybody over right that now it has to be a lie though if there was blood splatter on his ceiling fan just
0: wait <laughs> just trust me girlfriend so the first thing he does and he says this in his confession is he went inside and took the baseball to wash blood off of it like that's the first thing he did like he didn't even try to console Maddie or
1: anything oh my he
0: was gosh. more concerned about oh shit I don't want to get in trouble when we wash mm-hmm. this ball off. Yeah um and then um then he didn't know what to do with her she was screaming and crying in the front lawn and so he just took her and dragged her inside like she's screaming and crying she's like how does nobody hear her exactly that's one of the things like i'm like how that doesn't even make sense and her sister's outside playing too right yeah so there's that's this, one part that's of this case that confuses me that I'm like how yeah. did, especially like Larry's down the street waiting for her to come back with more golf balls. Yeah, exactly. How did he not hear anything? It's weird. Mm-hmm. So um like I said, he dragged her into his room and he said that he was so scared that he was gonna get in trouble for playing with her when he wasn't supposed to, and she was just screaming loudly. And at first he tried covering her mouth, like, shut up, stop screaming, you know, Mm -hmm. covering her mouth. But it made her scream louder because I mean, a fucking corset did. She's terrified. This boy just hit her in the head hard and Mm -hmm. he's trying to cover her mouth to make her stop. And this made him panic. And he, he's like, I need to shut this girl up. Like she's going to get me in trouble. Mm -hmm. So he took a baseball bat and did overhand swings to her head. Oh my God. He started with one, she kept screaming, so he did it again kept screaming and did it one more time and he said I hit her hard and that would explain the ceiling fan spray because yeah. imagine he's hitting her bringing the bat up yeah, spray, like over and over again mm-hmm. and then on the third time she was quieter but still making small whimpering noises. Oh my god. So he took his knife from his bookshelf and stabbed her in the neck twice. Mm-hmm. This is when he opens up the side of his waterbed. And decided to go shower to clean up. So he like pushed her into the waterbed. And then mm-hmm. he's like okay I need to go shower. And get all this blood off of me. He said that when he came out of the shower. He passed by his room. And could still hear her moaning from under his bed. Oh my god! So he reopened the waterbed. Took her out. And stabbed her nine times in the chest and abdomen until she stopped breathing. Holy crap. That's
1: like overkill.
0: Exactly. And keep those words stuck in your head because it comes up later again. He then put her back under his bed and he didn't hear anything else. So he was satisfied with what he did. And his dad then got home at 5 35 p.m. So 5 15. She went to her mother's house or to her mom to get more balls mm-hmm. by 535. He had done all this shit to her.
1: And, and his dad. Not even. That's, that's 20 not much minutes. Time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. That it, it like if his dad would have come home sooner, sooner or something, mm-hmm. like I just, it's such a short amount of time. It's like, it rattles my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but the police wanted to know why then when they found her, was she naked from the waist down? Oh, wow. And Josh claims that when he dragged her through the house that her shorts and underwear came off. Which... That doesn't uh, make sense. It, it doesn't. Like, no. maybe coming off a little, but they were completely off of her. Completely. Yeah. Um, and then he says that he um, her shoes came off of her when he shoved her into under the bed the second time. So... He's trying to say, like, her pants and underwear came off over her shoes?
1: Yeah. Like how
0: does that make any sense? When he's dragging her through the house? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't he's make any sense. He's trying
1: to make something up.
0: Well, because, too, they're trying to see, like, okay, well, was this sexually motivated? I mean, he's looking at these graphic mm-hmm. images, pornographic images, where it's, like, children are involved. So, yeah like was that a part of it but he was claim- he said no i didn't touch her sexually well, at of all of course
1: he's not going to admit to that
0: right exactly and um when she was stabbed in the uh chest and ab- abdomen nine times um he had pulled her sh- shirt up to do it like what? he did her shirt had no stab um cuts in the it. fabric at all he had lifted her shirt up in order to stab her, and her pants and underwear were off. The
1: so they're heck? like,
0: but like how? How does that tell us that you didn't sexually assault her? Yeah. Um, but her shorts and underwear were put under her bed before she or under the bed before she was because she was on top of them too. Mm-hmm. So they're just like it, it's just not adding up to that. Yeah. Um, Josh said that Mrs. Clifton, her mom, had come um, and said that her daughter was missing, like, after his dad had got home, mm-hmm. and his dad said, go, you need to go out and help them search for this little girl. Like, all along, she was under his bed.
1: Oh, my god! so crazy.
0: Um, he told them that he had slept on that bed for a week. Oh. Like, he slept. He slept on his bed after have having killed a little girl, and that little bed or that little girl was underneath his bed. Like that's just how so can crazy, that, right?
1: That little like, kid like has issues. Issues. That's not is normal. So, you not would think normal at all. No, you would. Any normal child would be distraught and be like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" Like he's not going to do be able it. to sleep on top no. of a dead body. Like I
0: get scared. Like thinking a monster's gonna come out mm-hmm. from under my bed when I was a kid especially and yeah. he's just be sleeping when a rotting corpse is underneath mm-hmm. him
1: now that, that kid has
0: issues for sure mental issues for damn sure mm-hmm. um and on Wednesday he said is when he taped up the bed because he could start smelling her like oh, she was starting man. to run. Mm-hmm. um the police asked him what was his plan in the end they're like okay so you shoved her under your bed and you taped it up like were you just gonna let her decompose until she was dust like just leave her under there forever and he Mm -hmm. said I don't know I didn't have a plan I just put her in there and was hoping nobody would find her which I mean obviously his 14 year old brain was like okay she's starting to smell like I'll just tell my mom it's the birds or whatever yeah just have a bunch of spray in my room yeah, he was trying to cover it up because he's like, I don't think he obviously in the moment, I feel like it was just like an in the moment reaction to kill mm-hmm. her because he was trying to silence her, but he didn't realize the consequences that would come after that. Yeah. Which obviously consequences of her family being fucking devastated and a little mm-hmm. girl is dead, but t- the consequences for him was a rotting corpse is under my bed and starting to smell. Yeah. Um, four days after she was found her funeral was held and there were 12,000 or 12,000 1200 people who attended. Um, Mm -hmm. so a little bit about Maddie. She was a very sporty little girl. She loved to do lots of outdoor activities. She could go from playing soccer and football and, um, baseball to doing ballet. Like she was Mm -hmm. a tomboy, but she could also be a little girly girl, which Mm -hmm. like reminds me of me when I was that age, I was very much a tomboy, but I also liked girly girl things like Mm -hmm just a really, um, all around rounded little girl. Um, when people asked why he did what he did, he literally said he had no idea why. And he said, maybe I should get counseling. What? <laughs> like, Yeah. Or maybe you should be exercised for demons. Like,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, Maddie also, when they were talking about her, they were saying that she was super outgoing and when she talked, she made sure you were paying attention. She loved to talk, mm-hmm. which r- reminds me of my daughter. I was just about to say, yeah, uh, it's going to get me a little emotional. Cause then I'm just picturing like, imagine your daughter just goes outside to play after school. She was practicing the piano. Like that's mm-hmm. a good little girl. Yeah. She goes out to play and she just never comes home. And then you realize it was another little boy, like yeah. a kid across the street, like killed her. Like, that's mm-hmm. just so sad. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, November 11th was when his trial began. Um, he was being held in a juvenile delinquent center in isolation because they were scared for his safety. Like they're like this, yeah. like committed a horrible crime. Mm-hmm.
1: People are going to want
0: to go. Oh on. Yeah, for sure. Um, they did decide despite his age to try him as, a, as an adult um, with the count of first degree murder. So they were going all out with this kid. Like first oh, murder is the highest charge you yeah. can get. And then mm-hmm. also to be tried as an adult when you're 14. I mean, I agree with it, but I know it's a, it's a point of controversy for like minors being tried as adults.
1: That's like, tough because he's so young still. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like he literally stabbed her and hit her with a bat so many times. It's like one thing if it was like, an accident but like mm-hmm. to do it so many times it's kind of hard like like there were three attacks on her yeah when she
0: hit her with the bat slid her in the throat
1: and then yes. stabbed
0: her in the abdomen it was exactly. three chances for him to stop yeah and he just didn't
1: but I feel like first degree it's like unless he they found evidence that he did plan it I feel like it should have been second degree because it was kind of like oh my god like in the moment, you know, cause first degree means you plan it. You Yeah. Plan ahead. Yeah. I mean, I just think because also
0: they got a full confession from him and they probably figured like a jury is gonna find this dude guilty. Like they just mm-hmm. wanted to go as, as far out as they could. They wanted yeah. to get him because in Florida at the time, the penalty for first degree murder was death. Oh, so geez. since he was a minor, they were like, well, okay, we can try him and charge him for first degree murder, but we can't kill him. Yeah. So his, um, ruling would be if he got charged with this would be, um, life, life without the chance of our possibility of parole. Um, but he ended up pleading not guilty, which I don't know if it was just a strategy of his, I kind of feel like his defense attorney was trying to maybe claim insanity or i mean there could have been many several different reasons why he pled not guilty i also think it's interesting that he gave a full confession and his parents were in the room but they didn't stop him and say son let's get you a lawyer but at the same Uh, time it's like i think his parents were so like devastated that their son did this that they're like nope you need to pay the consequences I know
1: that that's a tough spot to be in you know it like is, I can't yeah. I can't even imagine that ever happening and what I would do after like how right. I would react like I I'm not good at like things like that like even if my kids have a cut or something I like panic yeah but something like that oh my gosh I can't even like I can't
0: imagine it either because I'm always the one to say like, "Oh hell no!" Like goodbye, you're going to jail for the rest of your life, and I don't want to see you ever again. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, but if it actually happened, I don't, I don't know how I would react. Yeah, because
1: like, that's your child, and like mm-hmm. you don't feel that you raised him that way, so it's kind of like not who you raised him to be, and for them to be that way, it's just like, and they yeah. they're not yeah. bad parents. He was a good kid. He just, you know, looked up some Snaps. messed up stuff. Yeah, yeah, but they and they didn't even know about that. So no signs. Yeah, Nothing. exactly. So that's what's crazy about it. That like, and then a little kids girl could goes be... missing
0: in your neighborhood, and like, she's on her your son's bed the whole time. Like that, yeah. I wouldn't. Even, that wouldn't even cross my mind. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's insane. Um, so Doctor Floro was a medical examiner, um, who did the autopsy for Maddie. He said there were three attack- attacks on her. Like I said, the baseball mm-hmm. bat slashing of her throat, and then also the stabbing, the nine stabbings in his and her abdomen. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that the blood splatter on the ceiling fan did indicate the attack happened with the baseball bat in his room, but he um, he also said that when she was brought in for the autopsy, I guess this is a normal thing. I think mm-hmm. it's for like. Um, evidence like making sure that evidence stays there but they bag hands I don't know if you know that but mm-hmm. they bag hands to make sure like let's say a, a person was attacked and they scratched their assailant uh-huh. have evidence under their fingernails or makes sense. something like that so he said her ba- her hands were in those bags and he took the bags off and one of the brackets from under his, his bed had fallen out of the bag so he thinks that possibly When he shoved her under the bed the second or the first time, she was trying to get out. Mm -hmm. So she was like pulling out the brackets under there, which is Mm -hmm. so sad. Like imagine you're a little girl and you got hit in the head by your neighbor friend and he attacks you and shoves you under his bed and you're still alive. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I can't even imagine that. Like that would be so so terrifying. Yeah. Um, He did say that all of the nine stab wounds that happened to her abdomen and chest were inflicted post-mortem. So she was already dead when he stabbed her that time. Um, So what he thinks happened is that when he walked past the room and heard her gurgling and stuff is that those were possibly post-mortem sounds that the body makes, (laughs) you know, like gas is released, you, the body's gurgle or something mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so maybe he just wanted to ensure she was dead or mm-hmm. maybe he just did it because he just wanted to do it. like she mm-hmm. was already dead when he stabbed her mm-hmm. nine more times. nine wow. more times. jeez. And so the jury deliberated for just under two hours and they found him guilty of first degree murder. Um, he was 15 at the time that he was found guilty. A doctor came in and he, um, kind of looked into Josh a little bit. Cause it, he was like, we need to like, see what's going on with this case. Cause this is just not a normal case. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor found that both bifrontal or he found bifrontal lesions on his frontal lobe. Um, and he said that oftentimes when you find these in teenagers is linked to violent outbursts
1: oh, wow. um,
0: so he said that usually when your frontal lobe isn't fully developed and like you find lesions on your brain it can cause violent behaviors in um, their life
1: that's so, interesting
0: yeah which i mean which is understand like you said it's the whole argument of um trying a kid a minor as an adult like their mm-hmm. brain isn't fully developed
1: yeah
0: which <sighs> I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I think like case to case, it might be different. Like, um, I don't know if you heard of that one case. I I forget her name. Sorry. I forget her name, but she had killed, um, a guy who was sex trafficking her and she was sentenced to life in prison. And then later on, they, they were like, no, she was just a kid. She killed a man who put her in sex sex
1: trafficking Was on Netflix. Uh
0: I don't know. I heard a
1: podcast about it. So uh, that's all I know. <laughs> was it Centoya Brown or something? Was it that one? Oh yeah, I think it okay, was. Yeah, it was on yeah. Netflix.
0: Oh, okay. But it's it's like those cases, yeah, I mm-hmm. can see that. But this like it doesn't this even make This one's different.
1: Sense. Yeah, this one is yeah, completely like,
0: different. Maybe if his father was really abusive and like beat the shit out of him all the time so he was scared he was his dad but his dad wasn't abusive he admitted that so like yeah. why wouldn't he when which um i forgot to mention this too but when they did the autopsy they said that they did find um that she had been hit in the head so they're like his story is consistent like that is exactly what happened
1: other than her pants being down and like all well that. other than that
0: and then also her being stabbed Nine times post mortem.
1: Did they but, check to see if she was sexually assaulted?
0: So they did, and they didn't find anything,
1: huh,
0: which is weird. Doesn't really make sense. So, but what they thought possibly happened is that maybe she was just molested, which, you know, which you can't find. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you can't find stuff like that. But they did find semen on the crime scene which they were like oh well he was obviously aroused and he ejaculated at some point but then people argued well yeah but he was also watching porn that day
1: yeah so, so it happened like, prior yeah or at any point right yeah i mean well i i don't really
0: um know the full details of it but mm-hmm. i think it, they were saying like it happened that day on the crime scene which i don't know how you test the age of semen like how dry it is or yeah something. i don't know but mm-hmm. um so the defense was going to try to use this the the damage to his frontal lobe um in court but they ended, ended up deciding against it because the doctor who did this examination was just fresh out of medical school so he wasn't mm-hmm. a really reliable source and plus mm-hmm. also when they said hey can you come into court to like give your side of it give your testimony he said no I'm not gonna do that because it was mm-hmm. too far for him and I just so they just kind of let that defense go for him oh wow um um so like I said he got found guilty was on life well, life in prison without the possibility of parole but of course he did a couple of um appeals Mm -hmm. so in 2002 they appealed the case saying that there was um a a violation against the eighth amendment stating since he was under age this was um considered cruel and unusual punishment to give him life in person
1: yeah
0: but that was rejected by the judge at the time Mm -hmm. then his um second appeal came in 2017 they appealed again saying that um An underdeveloped brain can't be charged for something like this when it hasn't become whole yet. So I think it was back in 2012 was when Supreme Court ruled or came up with a ruling saying that you can't try a minor as an adult. So they tried to use that as their defense. Mm -hmm. But um, again, the judge was like... um, no there's too much evidence like s- showing like you confessed. there were so many chances for you not to stop or not to do it mm-hmm. and he, like like you said earlier it was overkill he's yeah. like you literally attacked her three times maybe if you had d- done it once and then stopped but you did it three times it was literally mm-hmm. overkill
1: yeah
0: um and then let's see and then now today obviously josh is still in prison um they do say that he's a model inmate and he's now a buddhist which okay yeah (laughs) for you um he also has an above average intelligence they say that he's in like the 85th percentile um in 2003 he became a certified law clerk um, and he uses his education to help other inmates also um, appeal their rulings. Mm-hmm. And he teaches GED science and math classes to other inmates to help them get their, or graduate from high school, basically, mm-hmm. which is, uh, who the fuck cares? Like, guess who doesn't get to ever do that in her life mm-hmm. is Maddie. Cause you killed her. Like, I just, I, whenever people bring up pills they're like look it's working the system is working he's doing this and that and that and this but it's like no but he murdered somebody yeah it
1: doesn't change what he did in the past
0: it doesn't and i mean i know that that's a part of what the prison system is for is for rehabilitation but sometimes for certain crimes Mm -hmm. it's just you can't yeah can't be rehabilitated from that if it's something else like drug abuse or grand theft
1: auto or whatever something like that yeah not violent murders that were like to that extent unless it was like an accident or something but this wasn't exactly which
0: which again i'm going to go back to the ken and barbie killers makes me think of paul and carla where okay josh was 14 years old and he killed his neighborhood friend or whatever and he's stuck in life for life without the chance of possibility of parole and there's Carla Homoka out there living her life and she helped kill several children including yeah. her sister yep it just blows my it blows my mind like the justice she, system yeah. like I don't know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's I feel like it's very corrupt and it's it's really sad I don't know this this case just like like I said it just really Um, impacted me especially not only because was a a kid killing another kid but also because like he slept on top of her body for a week that just really stuck with me
1: yeah that's tough to feel like remorse for him at all
0: yeah at all he didn't have a bad upbringing his parents weren't abusive Mm. yeah I, I I just feel like he had something mental going on Mm. like there was something wrong with his head clearly but then again he was super intelligent and super smart like they're saying his IQ is really high so it's like I don't know it's so weird to me it's like Mm. maybe he has some type of like learning disability where he's like socially like disabled but he's like mathematically and scientifically smart or Mm -hmm. something I don't know it's just it's just this case really, really blew my mind. And like you said, when I was doing the notes for it last night, I was getting really emotional because I was listening to parts of his confession. And it's just like he's just like telling you the story like as though nothing like, oh yeah, I went and did this. This is what happened. Yeah. And then I slept on her body for a week. Cool.
1: I feel like this story sounds familiar, but I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, that's that that the whole thing is just crazy. It, it is. It doesn't seem real. No, it doesn't. It's,
0: like, something that is out of a horror film. Like Yeah. Like I said, it's just weird to me because, like, maybe, like I said, if his dad was abusive or something, he was scared his dad was going to beat the shit out of him. But his dad wasn't. So, like, what you accidentally hit a little girl in the head with a baseball and your solution is to kill her so that nobody finds out she was over there playing with you yeah
1: it's much it's just, worse
0: yeah there's no logic to it at all and that's what makes me really think like this is the devil like the devil's work because mm-hmm. it's like uh, it doesn't make any sense it really doesn't because I mean, he was so young at the time and people claim like, oh, maybe he's possibly. And I feel like he does. He's really remorseful. He talks about it all the time. He's like, I cannot believe that I did that as a kid. I like can't even wrap my mind around it. And maybe he is changed now. I don't know. But like the fact that he did that instead of just being like, hey, dad, sorry, this girl came over. I played with her. I know I'm not supposed to. We need to take her to the hospital or go to her parents house and be like hey i know we're not supposed to play together when nobody's home but this and his solution is to attack her three additional times yeah makes no sense it doesn't it's really sad really sad so i guess which you think at the beginning of the story it's going to be larry the 45 year old Mm -hmm. man with charges to his name Mm -hmm. and it's not it's just like it's crazy so, I mean, moral of the story is don't let your kids play with anybody ever for any reason at all. Keep them inside. Let them be, don't ever let them see anybody
1: ever. Oh, geez. That's what it makes me feel like. I'm like. No, I know. Right. It's, it's, it's scary. It's so scary. It really is. Yes. That's my story. Yeah. That's uh, so sad.
0: It is really sad.
1: And, any any um, case that involves children, especially like if the child is the murderer, it's like it's tough yeah
0: kid-on-kid kid cases mm-hmm. I mean adult-on-kid cases are hard but kid-on-kid kid, it's like it's, it's worse it is because mm-hmm. it's like kids are supposed to be innocent and then like they're doing they do things that, that type you of think stuff of to adult each other do, yeah. yeah that's adult actions that he did against mm-hmm. that child yeah and I know when I was doing the case last night I was just thinking like man why am I doing this case?
1: Like, especially since I have a little girl, it's just, I think it just kind of makes people aware. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. keep an eye on your kids because like you you literally never know anybody. They could be really good kids. It doesn't matter. Like in one split second, they could just go crazy and you're just like, Oh my God, this is not my kid. This is not who they are. Which, which I really kind
0: of liked about this case is that his parents were like, no, you did this. You need to face the consequences of your yeah. actions because sometimes parents will be like, my son would never, like, it kind of reminds me of the, um, the Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito oh, yeah. situation. They Cause you know, it. they finally, yeah, they hit him and, and they um instead they finally, of turning him
1: in right away like mm-hmm. or question the fact that he came by himself yeah you know yeah if they hit that, everything they should be charged with like absolutely because you know they finally
0: closed they closed that case yeah like, this week mm-hmm. they were like yes it was a murder suicide he shot himself in the head he broke the confession in that notebook we found by his body and i'm so shocked that his parents aren't being charged with like obstruction yes. of justice mm-hmm, or exactly something. Uh,
1: they have to be because yes they like, knew he was there and they knew that he was leaving like they exactly. hid that entire time uh-huh. knowing the world was searching for him like and knowing that that's wrong he with these came people home with her van and she her. was gone yeah, yeah.
0: It's like, they knew exact. if my son did that, I'd be like, uh, call the police, like come get his ass. It's yeah. I'd like, like, where's your girlfriend? Why are you alone? Right. And I feel like when they went on their little camping trip, they were discussing that and like yeah. how to, how to like, I don't know, maybe they were even discussing how he could kill himself. Like, seriously, that could have been a discussion they were having, but it's just, it's just really crazy because I think about them, like her parents were begging them. Yeah. Please, if your son did this, help us help us find our God. And they didn't. And I just it blew. I don't know. Like I said, I've never been in that situation. I hope to never be in that situation. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if I were, I I would say, I'm sorry. I still love you. You're my child, but you you did this bad thing and now you have to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. It is what it
1: is. Oh so crazy. But thank you for listening to my very sad tale <laughs> yeah thanks everyone for listening this is so devastating but it's no. hard stuff to talk about but I feel like it needs to
0: be talked about it really does mm-hmm. because not only are we bringing like memories for these victims like remembering them and that this this happened to them like they they their voices need to be heard but also like like you said bringing awareness mm-hmm. like Be aware, like anyone could do anything to anybody at any time. Like, it's you got to be careful who you trust.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, and I think next, I don't know, I like doing true crime, but when I do a case like this where it's super heavy, yeah, I want to do like switch it up and do something else because I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I know what I'm going to do next. I don't know. I already Mm -hmm. know. I'm going to do a conspiracy theory and (laughs) I'm going to do it. Uh, okay well thank you guys for listening have Thanks, a good rest everyone. of your week and president's day that i don't get off enjoy it oh i say. will <laughs> no you jerk
1: <laughs> sure. uh, right. bye bye everyone